I rap, I black on tracks, so rest assured My rights, my wrongs, I write till I'm right with God When you know we've been hurt, been down before Nigga, when our pride was low Looking at the world like, where do we go? Nigga, and we hate poor, poor Wanna kill us dead in the street for sure Nigga, I'm at the preacher's door My knees getting weak and my gun might blow But we gon' be alright I remember you was conflicted, misusing your influence. Sometimes I did the same, abusing my power full of resentment, resentment that turned into a deep depression. Found myself screaming in the hotel room. I didn't want to self-destruct. The evils of Lucy was all around. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Student Radio Maastricht. We're going to be here for you from 6 p.m. until 7 p.m. in English and we're students partly. <laughs> also other people are with us. So hello Katinka. Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you. Now I'm sad that I'm not a student anymore. Right. Well, You're I'm a student, student of life. We're all students. <laughs> <laughs> and Shyam, how are you? How are you? Thank you so much for having me. My name is Shyam and yeah, I'm also not a student. In fact, I haven't been a student for a long time, but hey, still learning. We're all students. We're going to learn a lot today, I guess, from each other. And on tech, we have news. Irene. Hi. <laughs> Our new hello, tech. Hello. Very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and straight to the point. Yeah, we're here uh, at Student Radio Maastricht, 107.5 FM RTV Maastricht. And um, today we're going to talk about a very interesting topic, which is white saviorism. Has anyone of you ever heard of that? Shyam. Uh, not particularly as white saviorism, but I can kind of relate to the general idea of saviorism. Um, okay, and what yeah. do you think it, that is? Uh, to me, it, it does resonate deeply with certain, let's say, religious beliefs, mm -hmm. um, in the sense of doing good or yeah. like saving someone from something. Yeah, exactly. Is that a good thing? I don't know. Yeah, we'll I find out, I guess. Katinka, what do you think? Yeah, I have the same... Uh, Uh, connection that's what you're talking about Shiam. but also like if we talk about white saviorism it really gives me that feeling of somebody coming in to save the day but actually maybe you know the problems are there because of you yeah <laughs> that's, um, that's kind of what for me it is about in a nutshell i think i think there has the the problem is imperative right there has to be a problem for them to solve otherwise Yeah, yeah, to save to the day, yeah, exactly. you know, but I always yeah. think, like, who who needs saving? Like, if, if some something or somebody needs saving, then there is something or somebody that is fucking up the situation. Yeah, so something, <laughs> something went wrong in the past, right? Yeah. And I think that's the case we have with white saviorism, which is mainly applied to the context of the United States and Europe saving Africa. Um, yeah, and we all know these pictures of, for example, Madonna adopting children in Africa on the African continent, or um, also others like UNICEF sending a lot of money there to yeah help children, um, especially. And um, yeah, in the background of this, I think are very uneven power dynamics, right? 
between yeah. the global north and the global south. So, Shiam, what would you say about that? Oh, I, I, I think it, it, it would be a good time to maybe also mention the recent uh, recent situation in Afghanistan. Yeah. With all the 20 years of saviorism of something, I don't know, from war. <laughs> a bit of a mess there now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the whole concept um, is like, Sophia, what you're just talking about with us raising money here in Europe and on uh, going to save the day uh, in, in Africa, saving kids there. I'm like, well, it's, you're, we took the money away to start with, right? And now, yeah, not only the money, <laughs> the, the money, the people, like everything, all the resources, we took everything away there. And now you want to pat, pat on the back uh, because you're doing a great job because you gave away two or three bucks from your income. Yeah. Um, that makes me mad. That's really <laughs> true. And we all know these pictures from the 90s, for example, with, for example, children in Africa with flies on their face to like really portray them as the victims, mm -hmm. which they in some case are, but still it's kind of this narrative of us helping them. And I think that's kind of our problem, right? Yep. So we, I think the first step that we're going to do today is kind of to acknowledge the problem, that there is a problem, like uneven power. And yeah, we'll see how to fix that. But first of all, we have a new song, uh, or yeah, another song for you. We just heard All Right by Kendrick Lamar to like notice that there is a problem. And next up is Changes by Tupac. Um, yeah, because we want to change something. So, Serene. <laughs> Would be nice if we could change this. See no changes. Wake up in the morning and I ask myself, it's like worth living, should I blast myself? I'm tired of being poor and even worse, I'm black. My stomach hurts, so I'm looking for a purse to snatch. Cops give a damn about a Negro. Pull a trigger, kill a nigga, he's a hero. Get it back to the kids, who the hell cares? One less hungry mouth on the welfare. First ship him, don't let him deal with brothers. Give him guns, step back, watch him kill each other. It's time to fight back, that's what Huey said. Two shots in the dark, now Huey's dead. I got love for my brothers, but we can never go nowhere unless we share with each other. We gotta start making changes. Learn to see me as a brother instead of two distant strangers. And that's how I was supposed to be. How can the devil take a brother if he's close to me? Uh, I let it go back to when we played as kids, but then it changed. That's the way it is. Come on, come on. That's just the way it is. Things will never be the same. That's just the way it is. Oh, yeah. Just the way it is Oh yeah 
and make yeah. a change. It's time for us as a people to start making some changes. Let's change the way we eat, let's change the way we live, and let's change the way we treat each other. You see, the old way wasn't working, so it's on us to do what we gotta do to survive. And still I see no changes, can a brother get a little peace? It's war on the streets and a war in the Middle East Instead of war on poverty, they got a war on drugs so the police can bother me And I ain't never did a crime, I ain't have to do But now I'm back with the box, giving it back to you Don't let them jack you up, back you up, crack you up, and pip smack you up You gotta learn to hold your own, they get jealous when they see you with your mobile phone But tell the cops I can't touch this, I don't trust this When they try to rush, I bust this Changes by Tupac. Yeah, now we have to change something, right, Shiam? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'm Sophia. I'm your host for today. We're at on RTV Maastricht, the student radio Maastricht, on 107.5 FM. And yeah, Shiam is with us. Yeah, hello. And Katinka. Hello. And Serene, the first time on tech. Hi. <laughs> first time all on our own. Yes, it's true. Ooh. I'm proud. I'm Very proud exciting. <laughs> Yeah, today we actually have a pretty serious topic. It's white saviorism. And we just talked about a bit about what saviorism actually is. And now we want to like elaborate a bit on our own context, like where we come from. So Katinka, which experience with white saviorism do you have? Um, like personally seeing it happen, you mean? Or? Yeah, for example. Well, so I went to South Africa after I graduated my uh, studies, social work. Hmm. Um, I didn't really want to go to Africa back then. I, want, I wanted to go to Asia, but I also wanted to work with children with autism, which was a bit difficult in China. <laughs> <laughs> but there were a lot of them in, uh, in South Africa, so I went there. Also traveled a bit, uh, and I did a lot of volunteer work, so I worked on a school for children with autism for five weeks hmm. um, through some kind of company, which I paid a lot of like really a lot of money wow. to do that volunteer work I also initially thought that they were going to support the school with that when mm -hmm. I was there I discovered school wasn't getting a penny just you know the extra help um, but that was usually for them more a burden than a blessing because just anybody can hear can sign up obviously I had my diploma already and hmm. some knowledge and I loved the experience they also offered me a job <laughs> but, wow <laughs> uh, but that's like they told me usually we just get random people here that don't know anything about these kids so it's a lot of work for them they're not getting any other support hmm. and then after that for two weeks I wanted to work with elephants so but that was in a whole different part of South Africa so what hmm. this company did is they arranged like all the travels they brought me to like a a house where I could stay for the night um, before I continued traveling to the other side of South Africa mm -hmm. and that is where um, this white saviorism really got like smacked in my face so the thing is I already didn't really like how 
people from here go there, put on, you know, um, a nice face, go go hand out sandwiches in, in um, a mm-hmm. bad neighborhood for a day, come back with 15 pictures of them with cute little black kids and then you know they're proud because i did something for the world yeah it's kind of something i never really liked Hmm. Um, but when i was there i really saw the other side of it because this house where i was in it was very luxurious which was weird for me because i I had just been living in a normal neighborhood in cape town Hmm. um so uh, i had to get used to having a pool in the backyard and i was allowed to walk on the streets after sunset so that was just weird for me you know after being there for a while Mm. but also the attitude of the people there yeah you know they're really there for their resume and that is something that uh you know even the jokes they made one one woman came in and she was complaining about how the the rooms like the the girl dorm was such a mess and one Mm -hmm. of the guys was like oh how bad is what was it as bad as a township and i was just it got me so angry i'm like how are you why are you making this joke and tomorrow you're gonna go there and you're gonna help with lunch of of the kids yeah and now you're here next to the pool in the sun making a joke about if the dorm is as messy as a township i'm like how 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 do you sleep at night (laughs) you know i was so mad and also because i've been living around people for almost two months at that point that are actually living in a township which is not fun and it's not something yeah you can joke about and 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 obviously these people are there just like me paid a lot of money to do the volunteer work which hmm. is also a weird system <laughs> yeah that's definitely um, a weird system. but yeah that really got me thinking that th- that th- that's all just it was so messed up uh, all yeah. the different areas <laughs> i couldn't wow. even imagine so yeah thanks for sharing this really i guess gave us some insights Shyam, what about you Oh, I think Katinka already uh, touched on some some key points, uh, which not only, like you said, uh, includes human saviorism, but more like also dealing with animals. Mm-hmm. So volunteers who indeed go to to Asia, for example, or um, at a petting zoo, even in the Netherlands, I think, or in, the, in even in Europe, um, I think that is an important uh, aspect of saviorism as well, where we are trying to help the animals. I'm not sure we actually understand what I, I, I don't, we don't know what we need. I mean, let alone humans understanding what animals need. Uh, not killing them will help. Yeah, I, I guess. Not killing I mean, their habitats yeah. will help. <laughs> yeah, so so that is a nice um, sort of a analogy. Like you mentioned, yeah, eradicating their habitat and then helping them is not to me. It's not the same as not eradicating their habitat. That doesn't give you the right to eradicate their habitat. It's not only I think about eradicating the habitat, but also, for example, if we think of the concept of national parks, for example, in some countries in Asia, but also like especially in Africa, like these national parks we know, Serengeti or like Kruger National Park, which probably you also went to. Like I didn't. <laughs> oh, sorry, but <laughs> maybe, maybe I next did. time <laughs> was. Yeah, an interesting experience, like how are they constructed and who constructs them and who gets the money out of them? Because you pay so much money to like go in there. But like, what do they take away from the people, for example? They take away like a lot of space and like habitat from the local communities, not only like from animals, but like in general, like from the people who live in the villages and who formerly like lived on these like areas. So I think that's also a very important point who like kind of profits from this. Yeah, absolutely. It's like it's not allowing a sort of natural evolution of that space, hmm. but having a more, let's say, controlled 
orderly transition like so the animals have the space and then the people have that space and you need to pay to get in and <laughs> so on you're just claiming yeah, yeah exactly you're basically right? claiming yeah. nature and yeah. the space yeah. and saying uh, constructing yeah. wilderness basically yeah. for for example american or european people to like see how yeah wilderness <laughs> is like <laughs> i can't even and nature doesn't words. need our help like uh, the nature can, is doing a fine job on her own like <laughs> doesn't nature need does any thing, any yeah. park to to be I don't know. To, to the the, the, the other example uh, I wanted to let's say I, I could relate more to is about education, mm. where I find there are lots of even today. I in, in fact last week I met someone who's going to do some volunteership in South America mm -hmm. with the aim of building schools, right. which I find yeah I, like th this is an age-old debate in India of like free and compulsory education, while there's also exceptions like certain tribals are out of bounds. Uh, they simply cannot have any, let's say, civilized contact of humans. Mm -hmm. Also in South America, in Brazil, there are tribes which, which, which we have decided to leave them isolated hmm. because they're doing fine. So hmm. that to me begs the question, hey, if they're doing fine without having an, edu having an education, Yeah, and also what kind of yeah. education, like, yeah. what do you want to teach the children, <laughs> for example, like, because, like, I'm, or, yeah, part of my family is from Malawi, I don't know whether you know the country, <laughs> it's pretty small, but it's, like, the white savior country, I guess, on, like, number one, like, I, as I already stated, like, Madonna went there to adopt her children, but it also goes further. I know a story from a German influencer who went there to build a school, Just randomly <laughs> waking up one day saying, oh, yes, let's build a school somewhere. <laughs> In yeah. Germany, this would never be allowed because she even named the school after herself. Like, literally, yeah. she's still living. <laughs> and she just went there and, yeah, said, this is my school without any knowledge <laughs> of yeah, the country there you go. or the And authorities. now we have the school to maintain. Good <laughs> and, luck. <laughs> yeah, basically, like, the newspaper, I think, in Germany basically stated, yeah, wow, influencer is doing great work in Africa. She's building a school. She's really doing good for the people. And like, it was really this charity thought. And I always get angry when I see this because there are so many local people who are doing so much good work there and really, yeah, looking for progress, looking for yeah, achieving change. And then other people come in just to do it kind of for themselves sometimes. So I think that's kind of the notion that I always get out of like white saviorism, that whether you do it for yourself or whether you do it for others to like really help and establish change. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I think that's, uh, you see that in, in everything that happens around the the action, right? So now yeah. it's built, if, if it was just building a school, like I also went there to work with these kids to learn more about working with autism, to see what that's like in another culture, hmm. happened to be, ended up being uh, South Africa. Um, like even nowadays I'm sometimes I really have to look for pictures <laughs> I'm like oh I want to see a picture of when I was in Africa like there, there's not a lot of them on my Facebook I lost most of them um, people know that I love talking about my experience there and what I've learned um, but it's very different than you know when you go there you go build a school or you do volunteer work and that is all you want to show look at me doing a good job like stop yeah. putting energy in that start putting energy in discovering what these people or continents or countries or villages actually need which might not be a school maybe it's water maybe and that's what water. we're going to talk about next uh, about yeah volunteering and volunteer jobs but before that um yeah we have we're going to listen to nina simone to be young gifted and black to kind of yeah focus on how gifted and black local communities can be enjoy Open 
Nina Simone with Yet to Be Young, Gifted and Black. And yeah, we're going to talk about young, gifted and black people because yeah, some of them are, for example, on the African continent and are doing great work there. Not only young people, also older people, of course. <laughs> But um, yeah, the problem that white saviorism sometimes entails, which we already talked about, is that yeah, a lot of like volunteers just go there. And Katinka already, um, yeah, talked a bit about that kind of about the qualification that some of her co-workers didn't really have in South yeah. Africa <laughs> yeah yeah uh, also let me just start with I, I was also one of those volunteers right I did go overseas to do good um, and I think I specifically had this experience because I ended up going to South Africa because I think Africa is just the continent where it all happens um, I think if I would have gone to Asia like I wanted to It would have maybe been less of a Are confrontation. You sure? Well, I'm not, I'm not sure because obviously I didn't go to Asia. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I think I don't know. Maybe I'm just saying things. <laughs> what did <what laughs> you say? Yeah. Oh, in the yeah, you in are the, from Asia, so I am you, from you Asia, know. And I think you would have had a lot of questions because they are there. This is not completely new there. Um, in terms of colonialism, for example, uh, unlike Africa and Asia, it was um, yeah, it was very much debated. There were um, there were lots of let's say open debates on indeed um, providing help, mm -hmm. and uh, like I mentioned, in the context of schooling and education, and also nowadays in terms of jobs, it's I think <laughs> Asia has surpassed the boundaries between white saviorism to its own saviorism kind of philosophy. Mm. It's 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 words or things or attitudes that that say things like if you want a job you got to ask for help and then the so-called savior person helps you by giving you a job in which in my which in my which in my world is <laughs> wow. kind of weird that if you want to help just put money in my bank account every month you know you don't have yeah. to know me uh that would be fine thank you for that. letting me work for you uh, exactly <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm, yeah i'm i'm not looking to to work for someone else Uh, when I say I'm looking for help, I literally mean just put money in a bank account. That's fine. That works fine as well. Um, but that's not how it, how it goes generally in terms of saviorism. So there is definitely some kind of ulterior motive. I think it's just so as well. present in, in Africa because that's obviously also why I ended up there um, because I wanted to go to Asia because I'm also Asian. So I was also on like a quest of discovering my own background. Hmm. Um, and that's why I, why my first idea was to go to Asia. And I just couldn't find uh, places there or, you know, schools for children with autism. It was for me also specifically about working with Uh, autism hmm. people with autism so I just couldn't find that and that's why I ended up in, in South Africa and I think, it, I think it was such a confrontation for me because it is so it's everywhere hmm. everywhere there especially as a Dutch person yeah. <laughs> going to South Africa and I'm lucky that I'm not that Dutch and not, I don't look that white after being in the sun for like five minutes um, so yeah obviously I'm colored so I kind of blended in there Um But it was such a huge confrontation for me also with, with my Dutch background as well, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, we were just talking about where we're all, f where we are all, f all from. And I'm from, well, the Netherlands. And then also I'm Chinese, Surinaman, raised by an Afro-American and Indonesian people. Wow. So there's <laughs> it's it's all in my background. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my great-grandfather was a Chinese guy who moved to Suriname and started a cottage 
planted there and had black slaves, obviously, mm-hmm. which is then it's it's all coming back in in my uh, all coming together in my background, and that's uh, that's the thing that makes me mad as well. I see my my Dutch heritage there in not a pretty light because if you go to South Africa, if you go to Cape Town, you will see what the VOC actually did, and it was not just going overseas and bringing back herbs. You know, so you also went to a Dutch school, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And what did you learn about colonialism there? Because I think that's very important when you look at the relation. Well, that we went overseas and we came back with nice herbs. And you came back. <laughs> and then we had garlic, <laughs> yeah. Ah, and the okay. VUC was very powerful. Obviously, there was war that's mentioned every now and a then. war. <laughs> that's um, quite a yeah, yeah, and romanticized then, um, version, I guess. Yeah, and that we, we had everything. That the Netherlands basically owned the world because we were the first people that conquered the, the seas. You know, we were able to build these ships that could actually mm-hmm. go that far um, and we sold a lot of it so New York used to be New Amsterdam and we sold it for a dollar and you know all, all those stories yeah um, so the success story basically yeah I don't know maybe somewhere on one page there might have been a picture of a slave but I don't really remember it didn't stick and then in, in high school it's mainly it's, it's partially about that VOC story and the other um, history that you that they teach you is um, I lost my thought <laughs> yeah it's very Eurocentric <laughs> oh, yeah, the Second World War yeah, Sorry. Second so World War, yeah. and that is all about uh, Hitler and Germany being bad obviously okay and Shyam what did you learn Right. In terms of colonialism, well, in India we learned uh, a lot of history. Uh, in history goes, uh, yeah, quite far back. Uh, but in terms of colonialism, that you you touched upon this point a bit earlier. Uh, what I've heard from a Portuguese friend of mine is that he referred to those periods as uh, exploration days. Oh. And in my in my mind, yes, your journey towards that destination, sure, that's exploration. But if you're coming back with your ship full of stuff. That's probably exploitation because, like you said, you got herbs and garlic. Sounds pretty banal, but that also means you have taken the nutrients from the soil and mm. taken it now overseas. So, yeah, this this general idea that they say in the Netherlands, people say that yeah, we just went there as tradesmen. Sure, you just you traded something, but was it a fair trade? Was it? Is, is any trade yeah, was that it fair? Was it, was it I was trade is always yeah. like yeah. based on exchange. But exactly. Was there, there any exchange? There was not, yeah. not exchange. Like, <laughs> kill people. So <laughs> yes, it's, um, it's a bit of a one-sided narrative. Yeah, uh, and today, yeah. like a lot of um, yeah people, especially from former colonizing countries, are yeah going out there helping in former colonized countries, and yeah, that's what we're talking about today. And it's mainly framed in this kind of concept of developmental assistance, which you already yeah. talked about, um, Katinka. But yeah, um, we're going to talk about more of that, and especially about like the period of decolonization after our next song, which is the Eurasian Song Contest song of the Netherlands from Ooh. 2021, <laughs> and also yeah, birth of a new age. So enjoy. <laughs> Your 
Welcome back. You just heard Birth of a New Age, the Eurovision Song Contest song of 2021 from the Netherlands. Uh, yeah, from a person with a Surinamese background. And we just talked about colonialism. So Suriname is a suiting topic. And I'm Sophia. I'm your host for today. You're listening to the student radio on RTW Maastricht, um, 107.5 FM. And we're here with Katinka. Hello. With Siam. Yeah, hello. And Serene doing tech. Yes, yes. And we're talking about white saviorism today, which is a super interesting topic. As we already figured out, we all have our kind of own connection to that. And Shyam, you just said something about dumping in our break. What did you exactly mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, so we, we were slowly transitioning, like you mentioned, into the decolonized period, so mm -hmm. recent history. And we also, early on in the, in the episode, we wanted to touch a bit upon the idea of AIDS, so US aid, for example, classic yeah, example, that's or, a like, good example. Um, yeah. um, or like like European milk overproduce being sent to Africa as milk powder. Yeah. Which I and which is basically killing the local economy of, of whatever milk products they used to have. Yeah. Also similar stories from China where mm. you have baby milk powder and there's a whole a whole debate on that on on, on contamination and so on. Um, so yeah, this is this is something I feel uh, like a um, like like I said like this trying to get rid of these guilty feelings, trying to help uh, the former colonies mm. by providing them with aid. Which, but I find that we are simply very often dumping stuff we don't need. Like just yesterday, I saw this documentary on secondhand clothes being dumped oh, in Ghana. I was just about to That's mention it. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like trying not to innovate <laughs> your. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 was really mind blowing. So all the all the clothes that we put in in those blue bins seems like it's ending up somewhere in Africa. Not all of them. Like they are sorted. So basically, there are three categories. Some are like staying here, and like so the good fun. ones are staying. The good ones, mm -hmm. are, the staying ones are staying here. Vintage here, yeah. one, vintage. That that yeah, that's a <laughs> pretty expensive. Yeah, they are basically categories, and they literally sort them. So yeah, the yeah. worst things are basically going to Africa, and yeah. like I've met a lot of like local. Yeah, people who like make their own clothes, but they have the big problem that so many like masses of old clothes from Europe come there also from the US mm -hmm. and they just, yeah, dump the local market. So local, for example, yeah, clothes makers can't really make a living anymore because there are so many yeah clothes on the market. It's literally yeah. an overflow. It's crazy. And they're yeah. being sold to Africa again. So I think yes. that's also what was so shocking to me when I saw a Dutch documentary about this last year or the year before. Um, where they followed these clothing. So they just started with the bin waiting, who's going to pick it up, follow that truck, where is it going to go, follow mm. that, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and Tons they're selling them, yeah. yeah. And it's containers full yes. per day that arrive in Africa or in Asia. And then they sell them to the local people who sell them in bunches again at markets. Again, there's little children picking through the piles of clothes to see what is wearable, what's not, what can we sell, what not. So it's, uh, man... Yeah, it's it, a mess. It, it's <laughs> insane. And some of the images I saw were were literally heaps and mountains of clothes. Where, Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where you need like at least three cranes to just move it around, and then it's eventually just incinerated. Which I find okay. What what exactly was the big idea here? I mean, this is there were uh, stories about I think sixties, seventies about cars being exported from Europe to mm -hmm. Africa. Yeah, like, that still happens. Yeah, that still happens. <laughs> But that now there's it's, it's a bit more regulated, as in you can't. It's not I wouldn't that say that it's really like a lot more regulated. It depends on the country. That's also what we always have to like talk about. If we talk about like Asia, also Africa, 
we're not talking about the the whole continent. <laughs> we're no, really no, generalizing. Yeah. Fair, it's like still it's yeah. 54 countries. countries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. thought let's just keep it simple for the show. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but like we still have to like yeah see that there's a lot of diversity in the problems there. And one thing that I, for example, saw was like fabrics. We all know these like super super nice colorful fabrics that one has and like maybe wraps around your like um, yeah bunny whatever <laughs> however you want to wear it but um yeah what i noticed it was super super hard for me to get one for example in zambia which yeah the country i visited like two years ago because it's super difficult to get it there because mainly they are like imported from china and so the locals who made these fabrics are basically not making them anymore because they're like dumped from china like you already said Chiam. Mm. so i think that's also really a crazy thing and that's also really sim uh, similar to what happens with development assistance or development yeah. aid however you call it yeah yeah, yeah same thing yeah yeah and i think there are many p uh, organizations who do that so us aid but also for example yeah um the european union is also heavily involved there and um, what also is super interesting is that um, it's also sometimes seen as a problem of like avoiding migration to Europe for example mm -hmm. so basically they call it like to yeah battle the reasons why people are coming to Europe so I think that's also like a point that we should definitely <laughs> discuss but there's so much on the list so much to say yeah, yeah. so much to complain it's, about <laughs> yeah a lot of ranting so I think that we should definitely be a bit more constructive maybe so oh. maybe suggest a few alternatives so what do you think what else could one do to like help without saving people and only doing it for yourself don't go to volunteer work <laughs> only for your resume that's not that's, that's a not big fair. point don't only do it for your cv yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. oh sorry Sham. yeah i think it's uh, it's a lot about research be aware of what decisions you're making if we're talking about doing volunteer work really look into the organizations uh what do they do ask them uh, these questions and you know th that's a mistake that i made i arrived there and i was like wow you're not even giving my money to the to the school or you're not supporting you know anything locally um, so I would definitely make different. Well, when I when I went back a year later, I made different choices. Mm. Um, so also talk to people that have, have had experience already, because mm. then uh, you cannot find everything on the internet. These organizations are very good in hiding. Definitely, <laughs> what I mean they about. have like huge marketing yeah, <laughs> campaigns. Yeah. And so one tip from me would be don't go to a really big organization. So yeah. really look at the small local empowering ones. Yeah really doing good yeah bottom-up work and Shiam, what do you think do you have any tips oh yeah um i think in from in my opinion if you look at look at the history of saviorism in general i mean we cannot have this episode possibly without mentioning sinterklaas or uh or we don't I, want I, to I go we're not going to go into details no <laughs> that's a rabbit hole I'm, I'm just gonna mention it very briefly or idea of missionaries or um Mother Teresa in Calcutta, a very famous example of doing good. Hmm. So in my opinion, the the old um, saying pops back in that um, is, uh, that says, uh, the, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Hmm. So yeah. maybe, yeah, just make, I don't know, like I, I, I never really had that many good intentions. And I think maybe that could be a way to go is, yeah, just don't try to be nice because that to me is a very, kind of a religious notion. 
yeah, it's not just educating, educating right? Don't, educate don't be educate dick, yourself. No, not only yourself. Either. I think that you just have to position yourself. You just have oh. to think about your own privilege and reflect on that. Oh, in yeah, to others when working with others. And this leads us to our next song, which is Talking About a Revolution by Tracy Chapman, one of my favorites. And yeah, just think about yourself. Think about your own position in the world. And yeah, revolution. <laughs> Don't you know you're talking about a revolution sounds Don't you know you're talking about a revolution It sounds like a whisper While they're standing in the welfare lines Crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation Wasting time in the unemployment lines Sitting around waiting for a promotion Don't you know talking about Gonna rise up and get there, yeah. Poor people gonna rise up and take what's there. Welcome back to the Student Radio Maastricht on RTV Maastricht 107.5 FM. I'm here with Katinka. Hello. Shyam. Yeah, hello. And Serene on tech. Hey. Yes. And we're talking about, or we were talking about the last hour about white saviorism. And yeah, the problem we have, especially relating to colonialism, development, aid, and all of these narratives that are still existent and very, yeah, much continuing. And we just shared a few tips about how not to be a white savior. And yeah, Katinka mentioned, what did you mention? <laughs> Maybe you can make your own point about education. Uh, yeah, yeah, I said educate yourself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, what I meant with that is really look into, you know, everything that you're doing. Spend some time in researching or talking to people. See where, what you just said, Sophia, see where you stand. Mm -hmm. What is, um, you know, what is there in your background as well? There's a lot that we can learn from history and there's not a lot that we're actually being taught in school. Yeah. Uh, we just, during a song, had a bit of a conversation um, <laughs> what we what school teaches us. And I mean, I'm, I'm 
a Dutch kid and they don't teach us a lot about what actually happened and I think if I have conversations with people from other parts of the world it's the same thing you know nobody really knows a lot about what happened especially at other sides of the world yeah um yeah so so just spend some time talking to people do your own research obviously we we are blessed with google there's a lot there <laughs> and don't don't close your eyes for things yeah uh, don't close your eyes for for racism don't close your eyes for slavery that has happened in the past and and the responsibility that you can still take for that yeah and uh, the decisions that you make now and also if we talk about something like clothing be aware what you do when you buy shirts. I'm not going to tell anybody not to get a $3 shirt from the New Yorker or the H&M. I mean, if if that's your budget and that's what you can afford, fine. Uh, if, if you don't have the skills to make your own clothing, that's also fine. <laughs> but just be aware of what are you doing and what decisions are you making and don't just blindly buy things or, or put things in a, you know, recycle air quote yeah. <laughs> bin. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that's really um what I would have to say about that yeah so think about a lot yeah a lot about yourself your own like consumption but also think about other people for example and how you relate to them so for example ask yourself why are like why is the african continent yeah why was it exploited and why are people like poorer there than for example like in my town and yeah why do they maybe need help why do they need ass assistance to some extent And yeah, why am I in my position where I am? Um, why am I like rather privileged in comparison? Why am I maybe rich or something if I live here a good lifestyle? And mm. yeah, anything that you would like to share um, after yeah discussing all of this? <laughs> maybe maybe one one funny incident that comes to mind is when I was in India, I once saw a guy fall off a scooter. He was drunk off his states, obviously. And we, it was a friend of mine, and we took him into the, luckily he fell right outside the hospital, so we took him in. <laughs> And the first thing the, the, the receptionist or whoever it was, was asking is our IDs. And she was like, because we brought him in, we are the savior, so now we are responsible for him. And I was mm. like, oh yeah, I'm gonna just leave him here. <laughs> and I went home. Wow. I was like, no, I'm not gonna give you my ID. I'm not responsible for this guy. So I think I learned an important lesson there. It's like, if you wanna be nice, watch out, because one day you might be responsible for it. Um, yeah. So again, coming back to my original, let's say, point of being nice and good intentions. Um, it's a tricky one. It's a yeah, tricky one. As long as you're not being bad, I think that's already <laughs> a good start. <laughs> yeah, if you don't go out on a VSC ship yourself, you're doing great already, right? <laughs> yeah, no, maybe just, yeah. I would say be nice, but be aware of how you're nice and whether you're nice to other people or just to yourself. Mm. Yeah. Um, But it's difficult. I think also the, the world that we live in has made it so complicated, you know. And also to see initiatives like Tony Chocoloni to just give up because they cannot make it. I know about these this um, this couple who wanted to make a slave-free phone mm -hmm. and they invested everything they had. Like they sold their house, they invested everything in that. Um, and they stopped their mission because they said it, it cannot be done. Crazy. Yeah, and that is, uh, that's a bitter pill to swallow, I think. If I read stories like that, it always makes me sad. I'm like, how is it possible that two people put everything they own into uh, yeah, realizing a slave-free phone? Also, that means that the two phones that I have are not slave-free. That is just a fact, right? So it's, oh, it's I, I sometimes feel that I'm the slave to the phone. Well, that's uh, <laughs> also that's very true. <laughs> yeah, but maybe a different dimension. A different dimension, yeah. But it makes you, and, and it's uh, it's not going to make me not have a phone. 
um, but it's really important to be aware of that and it is making me not buy a new phone when I don't need one that is why I don't don't buy a phone if if just because I want to have the new one that's that's never been something that I could live with mm. uh, so I think the awareness is most important and, and whatever decision you make or take it make or take (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyway very fine yeah yeah and one recommendation that we had like doing our research on white saviorism was this one page on instagram which is called no white saviors and they are really doing great work there because they have really yeah it's a group based in uganda and there's this one like yeah kind of town in uganda where a lot of white people are going you basically only see white people there Uh, (laughs) and it's called ginger and (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's even more that's, ironic, that's I guess. not real. <laughs> it, it, it does exist. Okay, and yeah. yeah, this like kind of group who established white, No White Saviors, the page on Instagram, um, yeah, is working from there. And they all like kind of formally worked in developmental assistance and kind of realized, yeah, that they were not really involved in nice stuff and how the mm-hmm. power dynamics, especially between the local communities and white people being sent from yeah Europe there, were and especially they kind of looked at this problem of like volunteering what you talked about and yeah one story that I always kept in mind there was um, I think one girl saying yeah I don't want to become a doctor I don't want to become a teacher because all of these white people are coming here and they are doctors they are teachers so why should I be one they are not paid for that like they Mm. you know they do it voluntarily so why should I do it if I don't earn any money for with that? And wow. that's what we should really think about, I guess. Yeah. Oh, like kind yeah. of position ourselves, like, and always asking ourselves, which qualifications do I have? If I go there unqualified, taking care of kids, this yeah. probably <laughs> wouldn't happen in a Dutch, like kind of like kindergarten or something. Absolutely not. Like no. with, yeah, uneducated people. <laughs> yeah, but also think about it, right? I mean, after all these years and years of developmental aid and, yeah. you know, all this support I and mean, by now it should be the most developed place on earth but we are far from it right it's yeah what because it creates this even. dependency right yeah so that's i guess the main i guess lesson i take from this and also oh. doing research around that topic can you say the instagram page one more time no white saviors so follow them check them out it's really really interesting and i learned a lot about myself and uh, my own position in the world and yeah how privileged i actually am you want so to go to Gingertown, Uganda. <laughs> I don't want I to want go to, go to Ginger. <laughs> I want to go there. Yeah, anyways, we're looking at Maastricht today. So um, we're living in Maastricht and we have our culture agenda because we want to know what's going on here. Katinka, I think you have something. Yeah, well, let's start with the, our standard agenda point, which is the study bodies Ooh. taking place every Monday at the Master Services and Care in the Week, Hochbrechstraat 42, and every Tuesday uh, at the Master Services and Care in Statenquartier at Hochfrankrijk 27. Uh, so it's 4 p.m. till 8 p.m. Uh, I am there. You can get in touch with other students, study together. It's amazing spaces. There's also walk-in hours from Student Radio Maastricht. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can uh, walk in. It's always, always somebody from our team there. Uh, but also at Ease has a walk-in hour. Met Sophie, if you want to look into your health. Um, yeah, so there's uh, any any support you might need is available there for free. Nice. Uh, the next so time week is coming up, so we really yes, need this. Yes, next week, right? Or the week after? Uh, yeah, I have mine next week, but it's actually the week after. <laughs> All right. So Monday and Tuesday, be sure to come to Study Buddies. Yes, yes. And anything else on the cultural agenda? Any events coming up? Uh, I have something which uh, which I like, which I just ran into on Facebook because that's going on again. There's a um, vegan potluck 
Autumn Feast. Ooh, I nice. think it's at LBB from the Vegan Student Association Maastricht. That is tomorrow. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think it's from the Food Bank if I'm uh, if I'm correct. So go check that out. There's an event on Facebook, and then also at Radium Boulders. Uh, so the climbing hall, mm-hmm. they have an open stage tomorrow. I think that f- starts at eight thirty. So you could get some vegan food and then wow. walk a few meters meters further and go enjoy some uh, some music, or go climbing. That's, uh, that's what my even- <laughs> evening is gonna <laughs> <Okay>. be like. <laughs> Sounds like a great first day, I guess. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, Shyam, do you have anything? No. Okay, then I guess we're good to go. Uh, we only yeah have a quick blurb for next week. Next week we're going to talk about the royals, so the royal family, and about long live the phone, whatever that means. It's a bit of a parody on the royals because it's following the royals episode. <laughs> and yeah, we will, look, we will look at the phone in the same way as some people look at the royals. Wow, I'm excited. Yes. And so now keep in mind, look at your own privilege when going to some other countries. And yeah, Get Up, Stand Up by Bob Marley. Enjoy. This was the Student Radio Maastricht. See you next week. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.
give up. 